Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Um, so are y'all ready for the word tonight? So let's turn to scripture. We're going to start in Judges chapter 6, verses 11 through 16. Judges chapter 6, verse 11 through 16. Give you a quick context about the scripture about to pick up. Um, so the Israelites, they have uh, just turned their back on God. Um, God basically gave them one rule. And that one rule was, don't worship any other gods except for me. And they broke that one rule. And uh, because of that, it says that the Midianites um, took over Israel. Um, and they were stealing from them. And they were really, they took Israel and they were on the brink of starvation because all their, it says all their cattle was stolen. All their livestock were killed. And so... Israel is in a tough place right now, and that's where we pick up in verse 11. And it reads this. It says, Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath beneath the great tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan Abijah. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a winepress to hide the grain from the Midianites, to hide the grain from the Midianites. And what is odd about this, and there's a reason why it's put in that scripture, is because usually when you would uh, thresh wheat, you would do that in a high place, in an open place, because the whole point was to separate the wheat um, from the shaft. And so when you're on a a high place or an open place, you have enough wind to be able to do that. But it says that Gideon was in a low place. He was in a place where not a lot of people could see. And the reason why he was doing that is because he is afraid of the Midianites. So you got this guy who does not want to have anything to do with fighting people. Like Gideon, he, de- he doesn't want anybody to see him. He's afraid of the Midianites. He doesn't want to have any part of a battle. As a matter of fact, he was trying to hide from his problems. Who's ever tried to hide from their problems? You ever tried doing that? They're like, you know, if I act like you're not there, maybe they'll go away. You ever try to do like, that's Gideon right now. He's trying to avoid the Midianites. He doesn't want to deal with them. He's trying everything in his power to not even acknowledge them. And he goes in verse 12. And then the angel appeared to him and said, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And that's pretty ironic by the scripture we just read. And it says, and then Gideon responded, sir, if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and has handed us over to the Midianites. You see, Gideon was looking around and said, Lord, I know you told me that you're with us, but it sure doesn't feel like it. I know you say you're, you're, you're our God, but it sure doesn't feel, it sure doesn't look like it either, because I'm looking around and I'm seeing the people of Israel starve to death on the, on the brink of starvation, and I know you say you're with us, but it doesn't feel like it. You ever been that in your life? You, you, God, you, you say, God, I know you're with me, but man, I'm looking around and I see a pandemic right now. I'm, I'm looking around, and I see fires are ravaging the West Coast. I'm, I'm looking around right now, and I see our country in unrest. What, what do you mean, God, that you're with us? But maybe that's speaking to us that this because our feelings and emotions don't line up with what God says is line up. That doesn't mean that God isn't with us, right? Matter of fact, it says in Scripture that he would never leave us nor forsake us, and that he turns all things around for good for his glory. 
So that says to me that as long as we don't give up, God is going to show up. Amen? And so that's what Gideon is having this conversation with the Lord. We're almost done. Verse 14. And it says, Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. The Lord said to him, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you are fighting against one man. Turn to your neighbor and say the title for tonight's message. Say the how. The how is not your job. It's not your job. Let's, let's, let's pray over service tonight. Father, we thank you that we have gathered under your name. Um, this for one motive to happen, that's to see your will take place in our lives. We just welcome in your Holy Spirit right now. We just want to see hearts be open, minds be open. We just want to see the Holy Spirit transform us from the inside out. So Holy Spirit, take over. We thank you for miracles, signs, and wonders taking place. We thank you, God, that people who feel so heavy from the world, who feel so heavy from things around them, that you're going to give them that liberty to feel free in your presence tonight. We love you, Jesus. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. And everybody says, amen, amen. Isn't the place, well, what I realized in my life is that the place where people get stuck is not in the why. You know, most people know why they should do the right thing because it's the right thing, right? That's why you should do it, you know. We don't get stuck in the why. A lot of times what we get stuck in is the how. You know, we know why God wants us to do that, to why God wants us to do this, but we don't fully understand how we are going to do it. See, a lot of times what, what, what happened is that we have pressed, pressed pause on promises, on dreams, on abilities that God has given us. We press pause not because we don't know why, because we don't know how. We don't know how God's going to do this. We don't know how God is going to let us start this business. We don't know how God is going to enable us to write this book. We know why we should do these things, but we don't know how. And this is where Gideon is at. He knows why he should lead the people of Israel. He knows why he needs to fight off the Midianites. But his only problem is how it's going to happen. God, I know why, but I don't know how. But here's the awesome thing. How is not your job. We don't have to worry about that. You see... Gideon responded when, G, when the Lord told him what he needs to do. He responded with, how, how am I going to do it? He said, I'm the weakest, right, in, member of my clan. My clan is the weakest in the tribe. So how am I supposed to do that, right? How am I supposed to do something so awesome? How is somebody who's so low like me be capable of something like that? Like, how are we going to do that? Like, somebody might be in, in the house tonight, and you might be saying, how, how am I supposed to be a good dad when I didn't have a dad growing up? You know, how, how am I supposed to do that, God? Or how am I supposed to be a good business leader if I never e was even able to pass business classes or I was not ever, never able to get my degree? God, how am I supposed to get that done? And, and I love how God responded because it just gives me faith in my spirit. He responded, why? he's like, how? He said, he says, how is it going to happen? Because I'll be with you. He says, because I'll be with you. He didn't give him a recipe. He didn't say, oh, you want to know how? Well, here's a, B, C, D. You know, he didn't give them this, this plan. He said, how is it going to happen? I'll be with you, right? How are you going to be a good father? Because I'll be with you. How is that business going to be successful? It's going to be successful because I'm going to be with you. And so what we're going to be diving in tonight is that we're going to be looking at why the how is not our job. 
and why we should trust God's plans over our own plans. Are y'all ready? Because I'm ready. I'm fired up. And if you're ready, let's just give a hand clap. Let's get it started tonight. So before we can see what Israel is going through, we need to see why they're there. Remember, I told y'all they turned their back on God, but I want to look at the Scripture. So in Judges chapter 6, 7 through 10, this before the Scripture that we just read, it says this. And this is how the Israelites find themselves in this problem. It says, when they cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites, because of what happened, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites. And he said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I brought you up out of slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians and from all who oppressed you. And I drove out your enemies and gave you their land. And I told you, I am the Lord your God. And you must not worship the God of the Amorites in the, in the land now, who you now live. But what does it say? But you have not listened to me. Or basically, right, you had your own plans. Basically, you had your own ways. Basically, you did your own thing. And because of that, because you followed your own plan, not mine, that's why you find yourself in the problems you find yourself. That's why you find yourself not with peace, but with problems. The first point for tonight and why we should chase God's plans, not ours, is because there is no peace in your plans. There is no peace in your plans. You might be able to make a plan that's not God's and follow it, and you might get that new car. But now let me tell you something. You're not going to find peace. Peace is only found in God's plan. Who agrees with me tonight? Peace is only found... And God's will. You might be able to follow something, follow a recipe, follow a self-help book, and you might be able to find material success, but you're not going to find peace. You see, peace is only found in the will of God, and you can't, you can't put a price on peace. Peace is something that is, is, is priceless, because when you have peace, that is what enables you to have joy. When you have peace, that is what enables you to finally have that gratitude in your life. You see, peace is only found in the plans of God. But see, just because you feel comfortable, and I want to help somebody out tonight. Just because you feel comfortable doesn't mean you feel peace. A lot of people get confused. They say, man, life is good right now. There's nothing coming against me. Everything's great. The bank account looks healthy. Everything looks good around me. Man, this must be what God's peace feels like. And that's not peace. That's, your, that's just your comfort zone. Your comfort zone's not peace. As a matter of fact, it says, right, it says in Scripture that God sends his peace to comfort us, right, to comfort us. But if we are already comfortable, if we already feel like that we have everything under control, then why are we going to be in need of God's peace? Let me tell you what true peace from God is. It's not feeling comfortable. It's not feeling like you have no problems. It's not feeling like everything's going great. What true peace is, is when you feel things around you, when you're in a situation that is, is in a panic, when you feel like you have problems all around you. But for some reason, because you know who Jesus is, God sends his peace to you. And even though you're in a situation that is messed up and jacked up, you have peace on the inside of you. Right? That is true peace from God. It's not your comfort zone. 
It's not getting a raise. True peace from God is saying not, no matter what happens to me, no matter what happens around me, I'm not going to lose my faith in God because I know where my peace comes from. And it's not from things. It's not from materialistic, right? It's from the Spirit of God. So we all remember the story of, of Jesus. He's, he's in um, the boat with his disciples. And it said that Jesus was asleep during a storm. He was asleep during a storm. And then he calmed the storm when he woke up. A lot of us think that peace means the absence of problems, right? That doesn't, that, that, that doesn't mean peace. Just because there's the absence of problems, that doesn't mean peace. See, Jesus was on the boat. He was asleep, and there was a storm ravaging around him, but yet Jesus still had peace. See, peace is not the absence of the storm, but, but peace is the presence of the one who calms the storms, Right? Peace is, is knowing that you have Jesus on the inside of you. Peace is knowing that no matter what happens, I know who can calm this situation like that. That's true peace. That's knowing that no matter what comes my way, I know that greater he is that is in me, right, than he that is in front of me. So as long as we have Jesus on the inside of us, I'm telling you, we have peace. Don't let the enemy convince you don't have peace. Right? Don't let the enemy convince you that you don't have a foundation in your life just because there's a problem around you. As long as you have Jesus on the inside of you, you have that access to peace. In verse 12, it said that the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Which, again, is confusing because Gideon really, if we're going to be honest, he was scared. He was afraid. He didn't want to have anything to do with the Midianites. He wasn't brave. He wasn't courageous. But yet, the Lord said, mighty hero. And, and God spoke something over him that nobody else saw, not even Gideon. Point number two is, only in God's plans can we reach our potential. Only in God's plans can we reach our potential. See, Gideon was, was content and comfortable with this staying away from the Midianites. I mean, if, if God wouldn't have intervened in his life, he would have never addressed them. He would have never have, have led Israel out. He would have never even gotten close because he was content and he was, he, he was completely comfortable with the fact that he was going to let the Midianites have their way as long as he was, was in unknown and unseen. And instead of God calling him a coward, instead of God saying, hey, why are you afraid? He said, he said, hey, mighty warrior, right? Courageous. That's why we have to trust God's plans, because he sees us in a totally different light than we see ourselves. If we just followed our plans, I'm telling you, we would never reach that potential that God has for us. Because God can look at you, and he doesn't see your mistakes. He doesn't see your problems. He doesn't say you're afraid. He doesn't see how, how you have anxiety. He doesn't see how you're depressed. He looks at you, and he doesn't, see you, he doesn't see what's wrong with you. He sees who you could be. He looked at Gideon. He didn't see how he was a coward. He saw how he, was, he could be courageous. That's why we have to follow God's plans in our lives. See, we can only, we can, only in God's will can we step into our promises. Because if it was up to us, if it was up to us to find our potential, if it was up to us to chase after the, our, the God's promises for us, we would never get close. Because we would never think we were capable of something so big. Amen? See, God doesn't look at you and see your problems. God looks at you and he sees your potential. He sees your potential. 
See, I don't want to live my life based on the way I see myself. Because I learned my view of myself is nothing compared to the way God sees me. When God sees me, again, he doesn't see our problems. He doesn't see my, my mistakes. He, when he looks at me, he sees, and he, when he looks at you, he, he doesn't see problems. He sees the promised son on the inside of you. He sees Jesus on the inside of you. And he doesn't look at you and base you off your past. He bases you off the promises that, it's ahead, that he sees for you. That's why we have to live on God's plan. But here, here's something. In verse 15, it says, it says that then Gideon responded. He said, but Lord, he said, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest and the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. You see, he, he, when, when God presented with them, all Gideon said, well, how can I do this? I came from the worst family. I, I, I have no talents. Uh, I, I'm like, you can already tell God I, I, I'm not courageous at all. He said, how can I be capable of this? And he starts saying all these things in his past. You see, when we make plans for ourselves, it always revolves around our past. If you make a plan for yourself, it's going to revolve around past mistakes, past experiences. When you make a future plan, it's always going to revolve around your past. But when God makes his plans for us, it revolves around our promises. It revolves around our potential. So you might say, how can I start this, this business? I, I, I can't start it. I didn't even pass business school. And so you'll make your plans based on the past. You say, how can I be a good husband? I wasn't even a good boyfriend. And so you'll make plans on your past. But when God looks at us and he looks at our future, who's thankful he doesn't see our past? Right? He doesn't see our mistakes. He doesn't see what the things we've done wrong. He doesn't see all those things that we focus on that clouds our thinking. Instead, he sees our future, what it could be, the promises, our potential. That's why we got to make sure we follow God's plans, not ours. Are you all getting what I'm saying tonight? In verse 16, I think we can have it on the screens. It says this. And this is the final verse, and this is something that I was just praying about and thinking about. It says, the Lord said to him, when, when, when Gideon was making all these things, but how, God, how, how will this happen? How can I conquer the Midianites? How can I lead these people? But the Lord said to him, he said, I will be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. As if you were fighting against one man. Has anybody ever felt outnumbered by your problems before? Right? Ever felt like, man, there's too many things against me right now? Man, I'm trying to raise kids. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to pay rent. I'm trying to be a good father. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. And you're trying to juggle it all at once, and it feels like you're outnumbered. It feels like you're overwhelmed. But it, it, this says in that scripture that this huge Midianite army, of thousands and thousands, God was going to make it seem like they were fighting only against one man. That's the third point for tonight is our plans make us outnumbered. God's plan make us overcomers. Our plans make us outnumbered, but God's plans make us overcomers. Our plans make us feel like we're overwhelmed, makes us feel like we have no chance, make us feel like there's too many things for us to overcome. And so before the battle even starts, what do we do? All right, we're ready to give up. 
we cut ourselves short. We say, man, I had these dreams. I had this plan. I wanted to write that book. I wanted to do that. But when I saw how much numbers were against me, I decided I, I, I couldn't do it. And so instead of, you know, writing a book, I might just do a Facebook post. Right? That's easier, right? And we cut ourselves short. But when you line yourself up with God's plans, when you line yourself up with God's will, all of a sudden, the things that seem to be outnumbered, the things that you thought you were surrounded, now it feels like, now that, not that you don't have a chance, now it feels like that there's no chance that you can lose. Because when God is on your side, right, who can stand against you? You see, our plans make us feel like we can't win, but God's plans make us feel like we can't lose. Our plans make us feel like it's an impossible our plans, when we make them, when we follow them, and we follow after our own will, not God's will, it makes us feel like our future is unreachable. But when we follow God's plans, when we stay in his will, I just want to encourage somebody tonight that there's some dreams on the inside of you that aren't dead just yet. Right? There's some business plans, there's a future, there's potential on the inside of you that you might have given up on because you felt like you were outnumbered. But the only problem was that you were trying to do it your way, right? That was the problem. God put that potential on the inside of you. God put that passion on the inside of you. The problem wasn't that it's unreachable. The problem was just that we were just following the wrong path. We're following our own plans. But that's the thing. When we just follow after the plans that God has for us, that the potential that you have on the inside of you, that passion that you have on the inside of you, that drive that you thought you lost, God's just going to... Start that up just like that. And you're going to feel like, you're going to feel like that you're unstoppable. Not because of yourself. Because you feel like that God is behind you, pushing you forward. And you feel like no matter what is coming my way, whatever the enemy throws against me, what used to be so, feels like such a big weight, now it feels so easy. Because now you're not worried about the how now, right? You're not worried about the how anymore. Before you're all caught up in the how, think, God, how's this? How's the bills? How am I going to raise these kids? How am I going to do that? And it feels so heavy. But now all of a sudden, you're saying, the how's not my job. And you give that to God. And now you don't feel outnumbered anymore. See, God's plans will always bring clarity, not confusion. Clarity, not confusion. I've learned that when I try to do my own thing, I'm just confused. When I try to figure it out on my own, I just get confused, and I think, wait, am I supposed to do that or this? I thought this would work, but it didn't. But when God, when you follow after God's plan, he brings clarity just like that, and you know what you need to do. You have your sense of direction. You're not just second-guessing yourself. Instead, you're just being obedient. That's why we need to follow God's plans over ourselves. On close, with the, with the woman of the issue of blood, we all know this story. It says for 12 years, right, she was dealing with internal bleeding for 12 years. And it says that not only was she dealing for 12 years, but for those whole time, for the, for the whole time she was trying to figure out how to get rid of this internal bleeding, right? And so that whole time she was spending her money, she was finding physicians, she was finding all, you know, um, all the vitamins, you know, all the essential oils. She was doing everything she could, and it says that it bankrupted her. She lost everything. She spent all her money on physicians those 12 years. And not only that, it says not only did her condition not get better, but it got worse. Have you ever been in that place? I mean, you're just trying something. 
You're trying to overcome it. You've read every self-help book. You've done counseling. Man, you've done all the things that you know how to do, and yet nothing has happened. And not only that, you feel like you're in a worse place than you were before. This is where this woman finds herself at. But then, right, she hears about this man named Jesus. And she hears how he, there's something different about him and how he speaks with authority and how miracles, signs, and wonders follow wherever he goes. And not only that, but now this man named Jesus is in her town. And she gets to this place, and she's been trying to do her, her know-how this whole time. She's been following her plans this whole time. She's just been trying to do what she knows how to do. And, and yet she finds herself in a worse place than before. So she chases after this man named Jesus. And she sees that there's a crowd around him and that there's no way that she'll be able to get his attention. But what? what she didn't let that stop her. She, she didn't let that, that stop her from reaching out. So instead of this relying on her, how, what, what did she do? Right, she reached out for Jesus. And in that moment, what was taking her 12 years, God healed in an instant. That's the power of following God's plans, not yours. That's the power of being God's will, not yours. The awesome thing about it is that God can change things like that. What has taken you years to try to do, what that, the marriage counseling you're trying to go through, the, the kids you're trying to raise who aren't getting better, when you just change that and you just put God in charge of that how, not yourself, he can change that in an instant. In an instant. Can you all stand with me tonight? I'm going to close and Haley can play a song or something. I want to close. I want to close with this. I want to close with this thought. If we can just learn to follow the who, we will never have to figure out how. If we can just learn to follow the who, that's Jesus, we will never have to figure out the how. The woman with the issue of blood spent 12 years trying to figure out how. Gideon was all caught up in his mind trying to figure out how. They were all trying to figure out how, but the moment they just knew to follow the who, that's when everything became clear. And that's what I want our prayer to be tonight. You say, God, I'm done trying to figure out how. I'm done trying to follow my own plans. I'm done trying to stay in the, in the will that I think is best. Instead, Father, I'm going to give that to you. And instead of focusing on my own way, I'm just going to focus following after you. Instead of being worried about the how, I'm just going to make sure I focus on the who. Because you might be in this place, and you might be, have problems stacked up against you, and you have no idea how it's going to happen, but we're going to find peace tonight knowing who's going to do it for us. You might be in a place of addiction, depression, anxiety that you've been battling for years, that you don't know how you're going to get out of it. But we're encouraged tonight because we know who can do it for you. So the plan or in the prayer you want for tonight is just to let the Holy Spirit enter the room and to lift the how off our shoulders. To lift that weight that we feel that we need to do, the things, the, the weight of the world, the weight that we have to do this all on our own, that weight that we feel on our shoulders for God is to lift it up tonight and to remind us that we don't, know, we don't have to know how. We don't have to, have to know every step that we need to take. We don't have to know it all. All we have to do is make sure is that we know who. So let's sing a song tonight and let's draw a circle around ourselves. 
Let's welcome in the Holy Spirit and let's get reminded of who Jesus is. Let's get reminded of who God is in our lives. Let's get reminded that we don't have to know how, we just have to know who. So let's sing tonight. Jesus' presence is in the room. I've seen that one more time. You can do all things. You can do all things for my good. You can do all things. You can do all things for my good. Come on, if you believe Jesus. Jesus can do all things in your life. Give him a shout of praise tonight because he's in the room with you tonight. You're not alone. You're not alone. And I want to pray tonight because what I felt is that people feel overwhelmed right now trying to figure out how. Overwhelmed with the direction in their life. Overwhelmed with what they need to do next. And they see the task list they have on the in front of them and they don't know how they're going to accomplish it. But I want us to lift that how off our shoulders tonight. And it's focused on the who. And we're going to feel so confident in him that we're going to know, right, that we're not outnumbered anymore. But God makes us overcomers. So let's pray tonight. Father, we thank you right now that we are trusting you with the how. That we lift it off our shoulders tonight. The Holy Spirit is making us feel light tonight. 
confident in you, Jesus, confident in the plans that you have for us, God, that the anxiety for the future is gone right now, that the anxiety about how things are going to happen is gone right now, Father, because that's not our job to know how, God. It's not our job to know what the future holds. It's just our job to follow you, Jesus. It's our job just to worship you, to love on you tonight, God. So, Father, right now, God, that we have lightness on our shoulders, that the Holy Spirit, God, is surrounding us tonight, making us feel confident in who you are, that you are our provider, that you are our protector, and that we might not know how it's going to happen, but we know who's going to do it for us, Jesus. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. And Riverside Church, come on, give Jesus a shout of praise and a hand clap tonight because we know how now it's going to be by Jesus. If you're in this place and you're saying, you know, CJ, I hear what you're saying, but I don't know if I've even taken that first step tonight. I don't know if my name is written in a Lamb Book of Life. I want this to be your opportunity to say yes to Jesus. So church family, let's do this together. With every head bowed and eyes closed, you can repeat after me. You can say, Father, I acknowledge that I need you, that I am a sinner in need of saving. I believe that your son is Jesus. And that he died on the cross for me, washing away all my sins. And that he rose again on the third day. Jesus, I confess you, Lord, over my life. Lord, over my emotions. Lord, over everything. In the name of Jesus. And everybody says, amen. Come on, let's put a hand clap for that. For anybody who said yes to Jesus tonight. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.